0: On this episode of Location Cube, we're talking about real estate renovations, Weaver has a construction CPE event in September, and the ULI conference comes to Dallas in the fall. But before we get into that, if you like what you hear, please borrow the Like Buttons golf clubs, hit all of their balls into the woods in a sand trap, and don't retrieve them. And then when you don't like your tee shot, promptly break their driver over your knee and simply throw it back in the bag. Sitting here on a Friday, Howard, what do you have going on this weekend?
1: Well, thanks for teeing that one up for me, Rob. Um, I actually- Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> well, it's gonna get worse. That was so. That was it's, such a horrible dad pun. I know, but it's gonna get worse. I actually have a golf lesson. Um, oh my God, it's even worse now. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife and daughter bought me golf lessons for Father's Day. I do know how to play golf. It's just, I'm very much out of practice. Thanks for the day job. And um, I'm working on getting my game a little bit better so I can be respectable uh, when we play at the partner retreat in late October.
0: Okay, so do you wanna hear a quick golf story? Sure. So I've been taking lessons and I've gotten actually pretty good. Now I'm I'm hitting the ball a lot straighter than I was. My iron shots have improved. So while I was on vacation, my 18 year old son and I decided we were gonna go out and just play a quick nine. So I'm hitting my tee shot on about the seventh or eighth hole. And is a beautiful drive. Probably the best shot that I've hit all day. And as I'm as I'm following through, there's a golf cart cutting across our fairway. It was somebody who was went to retrieve their ball mm-hmm. who had hit into our fairway. So he wasn't playing in front of us. Right. He was playing in front of us, but the hole right. over. Crosses directly in front of the fairway. And my shot oh, no. is like a BB. And I hit a somebody in a cart a moving target probably about 250 yards out. You know, we try to do that at the driving range. It I know never we works. Did. So I yell four and still I managed to get him, in, oh. him right in the, in the meaty part. But in my defense, it was my tee shot. They're cutting across my That's fairway. Fair. I could never hit that shot again. <laughs> uh, you know, the best part was, so I'm in a foreign country Um, The person didn't speak English, (laughs) could not explain to me exactly how or where I had hit them, but did show me I did hit him in in the meaty. I got him in the flesh, didn't get him in the bones. Everything. Did he have a a golf ball shaped bruise? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to. I've seen that before. In my defense, that was my fair way he was cutting across. I don't think he could hear four in English. So probably didn't understand it was coming his way. True story. Wow. (laughs) So anyways, you're taking your golf lessons. Right, right. but let's talk about uh, some of the other events we yeah, have yeah. coming
1: up. We've got uh, an event in, where are we in Midland? In Midland, in September. La- later part of September. Okay. We're looking at the 21st or the 22nd. Um, by the time you hear this, we'll probably have it defined. And it's gonna be a construction CPE event. We're gonna have some speakers talking about um, sales tax. We're gonna have some speakers talking about uh, construction accounting and also probably some discussion about maybe MA valuation. Follow that up with a happy hour. Um, really, all of our, it's going to be, you know, sp- Focused to construction, but it'll also be offering CPE for those who want CPE. So, you know, anyone in Midland who's our clients or wants to get CPE, welcome to attend. And we have a bigger event coming, though, because ULI is coming to Dallas. And Weaver
0: has an opportunity to be a significant part of that. Talk about that.
1: Correct. So basically, you know, you and I are both active members of ULI, and ULI is coming to uh, Dallas in uh, late October for the U- fall Uli, meeting. ULI,
0: Urban Land Institute. Correct, Urban Land so, yeah, Institute. Yeah. For those who are not familiar. And
1: so the last time they were here was 2016. Had a great conference. Had probably about six 7,000 folks show up. Um, we're expecting something along that magnitude, if not even more um, this time. Uh, one of the things that I've been fortunate enough to do is to be on a program. Committee to put together programs. So um, we're actually doing a program that's going to be called the Evolution of the Workplace, with a little R in front of it. So it's Evolution Revolution. And so we're going to be talking about you know changes in you know people's work habits, changes in what people are looking for um, with respect to space. Um, And we're going to have various people, including a designer, um, a leasing. office broker and then we're also gonna have our very own Demetris Branch who is our HR director talking about the HR viewpoint on what's happening with people. So if if you are at the conference, um please make a point to to go see that session. And Demetrius is
0: such a great speaker. Oh, she yeah. has such oh, yeah. great insight. I am like I'm seriously looking forward to that program um, because she is just such a, a great person to listen to and learn from. So we're we're really excited about that. Good deal. Let's Good talk deal. about renovation. I know it's on yeah, your mind. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about it a lot.
1: So we haven't, you know, we have a, a few clients that do renovation work. Um, we've got some that take care of multifamily renovation. I mean, that's a really big thing with a lot of our clients. A lot of funds do that. Um, kind of take a multifamily project that's maybe say, you know, B B minus C and
0: turn I mean, the units that's, that's around. That's the play
1: in multifamily. Exactly. Often, right? Exactly. I
0: mean, I buy a project like you said, a B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, rehab rehabit, you know, raise the rents. Right. You know, get my occupancy up. Right, right. Yeah.
1: And then there's also the same thing with some of the really larger signature projects that are going on um, with respect to office buildings. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen in Dallas like the the National was one yeah. that was was renovated where they took an old vacant office building and turned it into a beautiful project. Mm-hmm. I believe hotel, multifamily, yeah. So et that's, cetera. that's not
0: just renovation, that's some adaptive reuse. An, at adaptive the same reuse too. as yeah, well. Yeah.
1: And and so that's just continuing to to happen um, we're just continuing to see a lot of that in the marketplace from you know from our our fund clients from our other clients and just you know reading about that a lot and and so part of this is you know it seems like there's a lot of still a lot of legs on this mm-hmm. because of the fact that there's a lot of you know Apartments that mm-hmm. can be turned around. Yeah, there's a lot of office buildings that can be reused, and then we start getting a little bit more creative, kind of like what we had talked about yeah. it in some past episodes. Um, shopping malls, yeah, um, industrial build, you know, turning yeah. retail into industrial right. or into multifamily. family right. um, and then you also start thinking about where could we potentially be going with respect to office, um, for those people who don't share my optimism about the office market. Not necessarily say a high-rise vacant 50-year-old building downtown, but what about a low rise office campus. Would yep. that be something that would be usable or, or appropriate to turn into something that's maybe an industrial project or turn it into some type of yeah. a multifamily project? But you
0: haven't started to see what a lot of folks talked about. And we covered in some podcasts in detail early in the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, or those folks that said, Office is dead. Oh, well, we'll never be in the office again. Right, right. Right. So offices are going to turn into apartments and, and hotels and data centers, and we don't need all this office space. Well, that didn't happen. Right. And if it hasn't happened yet, is that going is is that going to be a trend at some point? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the jury's still out on it. But again, folks are coming
1: back to the office; they're staying in the office. Right. It's not but, dead. But again, it but again, it depends. Be, and like anything in real estate, it's going right. to be location specific. Yeah. And so you got to look at it from a standpoint, First off, you got to look at it from a class standpoint. Yeah. Okay. If you have a Class A office space, you're going to continue to have a Class A office space, and you're going to treat it like that. If you have a Class C office space you start to ask the question of why is this a class C or a class B minus office? Mm-hmm. Is it that because of deferred maintenance? Mm-hmm. Is it that because of lack of attention, which is deferred maintenance as well? Or is it potentially that because it's not necessarily the right product for that spot? And I think that's where you start to make that differentiation of saying, if I have an office that's maybe a B minus or a C property, because no one wants to be here because it's not the right product for the spot, that's where you start to go, what else could this be? And how does and how does this make more sense as a different property class? But think about what the alternative use is. Let's just take office for a moment, right?
0: And there's no right and wrong answer here, but what's the alternative use? It it seems like it would be, you know, any of those uses that we mentioned: hotel, multifamily, let's say it's some sort of a quasi-industrial, like a data center, or just mixed use of, of everything you know, my thought is if it's going to be multifamily or some sort of workforce housing, is that near where the workforce housing is needed or is that workforce housing really needed, you know, spread somewhere throughout, you know, a major metro area as opposed to a concentration of where folks are not going to work anyway, because if an office building was not the right, was not the right asset for that space, Mm -hmm. is now a multifamily or, you know, some sort of an apartment complex gonna be the right use for that asset because there are no office buildings We've taken away the office
1: again i'm going to say it depends yeah. okay is it one of, and, and you know you're getting into a kind of a thorny issue too because of the fact that yeah you in, in a perfect world you're going to have workforce housing everywhere interspersed with everything else but unfortunately from standpoint of nimbyism and politicalism and etc it doesn't always it doesn't work that well um but again i i would say yeah you have a good point if you're in an office area where there's not a lot of other people living Okay. Do you want to turn it into another office or into an apartment? Maybe not. Would that be a good place for a hotel though? Would that be a good place for a retail center? Okay. If you're dealing with maybe it's in an office, it's an office area or it's an office building that's not working well because maybe there's too much, there's not enough other office around or there's not enough retail around. Maybe that's where multifamily or workforce housing um, or as we like to say attainable housing makes more sense. Um, It really just, you know, it, it really just depends. Yeah. So like everything else, it's kind of, do you, what are you buying? Yeah. And what's kind of, how can you turn this around? And, and you know, does, do, do, the, do the numbers work? But the important thing is, is to kind of say, let's not lump this into a, well, gee, we're always going to turn an old office building into a multifamily. Or, right. um, you know, it's kind of, what can we do differently? What can we, how creative can we be? in terms of creating that value on that property by putting something else there and then ultimately how much does it cost to do that right. i mean cuz you know this stuff can get obviously can get pretty expensive. To go from an office to a retail, that's one thing. Office to industrial, probably even easier. Um, but you know, when you start going into hospitality, you start going into multifamily, you gotta do a lot of individual, You know, there's a lot of infrastructure that goes in the property in terms of plumbing, HVAC, et cetera. And I think you have to start to balance that the cost with,
0: just like anything else, do I build new or rehab? So by the time I acquire the asset, rezone. Maybe it's not a rezoning issue, but Mm -hmm. I acquire the asset, have some sort of retitlement process, incur my rehab costs. I'm down out of service for a period of time. Now I'm back in service versus building that asset, you know, ground up at at maybe a, you know, a cheaper price point.
1: Well, and here's where it's going to be interesting as we go, as we continue down down the path that we're on is building prices. Historically, it has always been easier to knock it down, right. start over. It's always cheaper to build something new. Let me rephrase that. Always has been cheaper to build something new than it has been to renovate. Okay. And, until we saw a 300% spike in material prices right. and we can't find so, enough labor. So that becomes the question is, if I'm going to build something new, is it going to cost more to build something ground up yeah. than it would be to preserve the existing structure, gut it on the inside and redo it? Is it going to take twice as long to do it because the subs that would be responsible for helping build new construction aren't as available as maybe the subs who are available to do interior construction, sure. or vice versa. Yeah. Okay. So those are some 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 factors to consider. The 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 downtime, the, you know, the the construction costs uh, and all that. So and then of course obviously the cost of money going up um, to be able to do that as well. So yeah, it, it's it's potentially a, a, a new way of looking at things given the current environment. Could cause a change in thinking in that regard and building new is only
0: expensive if you want to build it out of wood steel drywall or concrete concrete and have people show up to actually install all that otherwise it's going to be pretty
1: exactly exactly but the other part too to think about especially from an esg standpoint is you know the real estate construction industry is notoriously bad from a esg perspective because it takes a lot of carbon to pour concrete or to make concrete um, you know chopping down trees doesn't help with carbon um, and we as the group the industry as a whole are pretty bad about not recycling you know you knock it down you throw it in a landfill and so from a an investor perhaps or a um, developer someone who's maybe interested in their esg metrics interested in being more green a renovation could be a much more attractive option from that regard as well, because you're not basically wasting as much, you're not wasting a, as nearly as many materials as you are if you're knocking down starting over. And that's about all the time we have. Howard, final thoughts on renovations? I think it's just a matter of being creative and thinking outside the box and recognizing that what was a traditional renovation or traditional adaptive reuse may, be, may look different in the future. And that's all the time we
0: have on Location Cubed? As a reminder, if you like what you hear, please borrow the Like Button's golf clubs, hit all of their balls into the woods and into sand traps and don't retrieve them. And when you don't like your tee shot, snap their driver over your knee and just throw it back in the bag and return the clubs. This was Location Cubed.